podcasting from sunny and spiritual AF San Diego. This is Nutrition for the Soul, a soulistic hub for all my women looking to clear the noise when it comes to their health and spiritual wellness. I'm your host, Nia, a holistic nutritionist, wellpreneur, and just a girl here to serve and learn on this journey with you. I'm so glad you're here, and I can't wait for you to listen to today's episode. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about limiting beliefs and affirmations as well. I see this topic floating around social media and the spiritual and holistic and mindful, whatever you want to call it, communities, like no other. And sometimes it seems like, oh, it's just obvious. This is what you need to do. You just need to change your mindset. You just need to repeat all these affirmations in the mirror. But actually, it's not that simple if we're going about it at a very surface level. And today I have a guest and she's pretty much like my doppelganger that resides in Denver. And she is a degree nutritionist as well as a holistic health coach. And today she's going to be talking about this very topic of limiting beliefs and mantras and affirmations and how you can make them more effective um, when you're on your health journey. And I know that when I first began mine, I didn't really have a why other than just to be skinny or way less than I was. And that's why I yo-yo dieted for so long. So to really kind of hack your brain, if you will, with these methods that Mickey introduces to us um, in today's episode will really be a benefit to those of you who are just starting out or are just wanting to now have your physical transformation um, match the mental transformation or vice versa, I should say, actually. So I drew a card. So before we get into today's episode, the card today is Shadow and using the same deck as always. So the deck that I have today is the Psychic Tarot. If you're new here, I use this deck pretty much all the time and this is just an oracle deck. Um, The Psychic Tarot is by John Holland. So I drew the number 18 and it's a card where it's showing someone's shadow and the card just says shadow. (laughs) So this card represents emotion, sensitivity, and a reminder that nothing in life is at a standstill. This is a world of constant flux and one thing is certain. Everything changes. This card is calling you to action. The time is now when you may have to face your worst fears and look into the dark shadows of your soul. You must learn to confront what you've avoided and walk courageously through it. Always know that life naturally revitalizes itself, and as it does, so do you. The shadow card promises that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Recognize that by no longer denying your past and letting the tears fall, you'll discover the diamonds in the treasure chest of your soul. This is a cleansing process to wash away and clear out what was once avoided, ignored, or pushed aside. This card indicates that this is a time when your psychic sensitivity may be quite intense. Learn to open up to it, or if need be, to turn it down. Your body is one big psychic antenna, so just remember that you're in control of how high or low you want the reception to be. Mother Earth can assist you in this period of change, sensitivity, and healing. So hopefully that resonates with you. I get a lot of DMs from people who um, randomly find my show, and the cards seem to be super spot on. So this was just something I think I introduced on the second episode, and I've just kept it on from here because this is something that I do with clients and something that I think kind of helps us to uh, boost our intuition, if you will, to like, oh my God, validate what you felt and that it's right. And that even if you didn't felt that it's still right. So just trusting yourself, I think is what I'm trying to say. Anyways, so without further ado, we're going to get into today's episode. Um, Again, this is with Mickey Ring, and she's talking today about limiting beliefs and affirmations and how they can be of use for you on your wellness journey. All right, so we're here with Mickey Ring, and she is going to be talking today about limiting beliefs and also talking and tapping into a little bit more into affirmations and how your mindset really, really affects your health and wellness journey. So welcome, Mickey, and um, if you don't mind, just introducing yourself to um, everyone on the show. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be here on your podcast today, Mia. Um, yeah, so like you said, my name is Nikki, and I am a health and wellness coach. Um, I focus a lot with my clients on mindset, so I'm very excited to talk about the limiting beliefs and affirmations and all that good stuff today. Um, I'm like, what else do you want to know? 
<laughs> yeah, no, it can be awkward talking about yourself. Um, so well, let's just get right into it. I just for a brief background, um, for everyone listening, um, me and Mickey have a very similar, uh, belief system when it comes to health and wellness. So just think of this as an extension of all the things that we've talked before in other episodes. Um, so with, let's just dive in. So what do you think limiting beliefs are and, um, how they show up in our lives? That's such a good question. So I think limiting beliefs can be like kind of a scary topic. Like you hear it and you're like, oh my God, what is that? Mm -hmm. Um, But so if we're really breaking it down, like really when you think about what a limiting belief is, it's just any thought or belief. And uh, I should say a belief is just a thought, right? That we think over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. So it kind of becomes like a core part of our belief system or thinking. Um, But a limiting belief is just any thought or belief that isn't serving us. So something that is maybe like not helping us create the result that we want in our lives or um, maybe not making us feel very good <laughs> or maybe it makes us feel good, but it still doesn't help us create the results that we want. Um, so anything really that is part of our thinking or our belief pattern that is holding us back. And what are the kind of most common um, limiting belief systems that you kind of hear with clients or just even in friends. I, I'm asking, like, kind of like poking the bear because I know a whole bunch off the top of my head, but I'm curious to see, um, and just for the audience to identify to see if they have some of those overlapping ones. Yeah. So um, it's so fun to kind of see what, like, what limiting beliefs different people have because it can be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, like, your everybody is unique right so like your thoughts and beliefs are going to create different emotions and different results in you um so like someone might have a thought of like um you know like getting healthy is really hard like mm. that's when it's a lot where it's like oh my gosh it's gonna take so much work it's gonna be so hard I have to give up like all my favorite things and I can't have fun with my friends and like these sorts of things where it's like, well, of course, if you think it's going to be really hard, you're not going to want to do it and you're not going to have fun with it and you probably won't stick with it. Right. Like this is all about um, like health and wellness is all about making it a sustainable lifestyle. But if you're like dreading what you have to do or um, just thinking that it's going to be terrible, like you're probably not going to stick with it for very long. So that's when I see a lot in people. Yeah. Um, if people can't right now we're on video and they can't see me just like shaking my head and I like lit up when you said that, I, I think that's probably the most common one I see with clients or just like family and friends. Like, Oh, how do you do it? Isn't it sucky to like work out every single day or man, you would get that salad. Ugh, I wish I had that willpower. And I'm like, it's actually really easy. It's just, we're taught to believe that like, dieting is really miserable. So therefore we think dieting equals being healthy. Um, but I've had a few clients recently, and this has like been a hot topic in my household with my husband, cause he's a personal trainer. And he's like, I feel like people just believe they have to be in pain or like balls to the wall at the gym for it to be working. And I've had a lot of conversations with clients where they're like, are you sure I can do like the Pilates workout where I barely sweat and that counts? And I'm like, yes, like you're moving your body, you're dedicating time for that movement. Like it totally counts, even if it's just a walk around your neighborhood with your dog. And like, that's just really got me thinking. I'm like, that is like such a huge one. And I think that's probably the number one, the fact that you said it without me like prompting it to you. And I keep seeing it in my circle. I'm like, that's the hugest one there is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. It's, (laughs) it's like, we have to kill ourselves or else like we're not making progress like that is a big one and it's like no it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be so hard you don't have to kill yourself in the gym to like reach your goals yeah you don't have to starve yourself yeah (laughs) that's what I was just gonna say (laughs) like you're allowed to feel full um after eating a meal or actually enjoy the food and it not be tasteless or bland Um, And you can still have cookies and sweet foods if those are like the foods that you prefer, just maybe not every single day at every meal. Yeah, yeah, balance. (laughs) Um, 
So I think a lot of uh, health coaches or people in the wellness field, whether you're a nutritionist, whatever you like to identify yourself as, I feel like health coach is like a really popular term. And that could be just mean that you went to like a one month certification program. So um, sorry if you took that offensively. Um, but a lot of us uh, get into this uh, realm of business because we gone through our own health journey um, or transformation of some sort or maybe helped a parent or something um, of that nature. What do you think that your limiting beliefs were when you first started? Oh, that's a good good question. And I'm like, my brain is like now going to like, what are mine right now? Yeah. Um, Sure. I mean, we all go through them. I have my own too. What do you think yours are now? So I've been reading this book called Feel, uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Mm. And um, yesterday I just had this realization because I actually got into um, wellness after my dad had cancer. He actually passed away when I was 14. And that kind of got me thinking, like, I really want to be able to, like, take care of my body and, you know, be around for the people I love and do the things I love and not have to deal with a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um but I think we spend a lot of time like trying to prevent pain and prevent suffering. And I'm not saying like suffering is good. And I think there is a big difference between like pain and suffering. Like pain is inevitable. We're humans and that's part of the human experience. Like we're always going to have 50% good, 50% bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, suffering is, it's a different story. And that's really where I am, where it's like, yeah, I really don't want to have to suffer with a chronic illness. Um, but I think so often we get caught in this, like, we're trying to avoid bad things and that can really keep us stuck. Um, so that's just where my mind went with that question. Cause I just realized like in reading this book of build up here and do it anyway, it's like, no, you can't make everything good all the time. And that sometimes you just need to like jump in and go with it. And um, that speaks to what we were just talking about where it's like, yeah, sometimes things might be a little uncomfortable. Like, you know, it might be a little uncomfortable at first to say, um, I'm really watching it, like I'm really trying to be healthier and so I'm not going to drink this coke at lunch but I'm so used to having that gives me like a quick hit of like caffeine and energy and like feel good you know rush like that might feel like a little deprivation at first and it might not feel like the best like I know on the other side it's going to be so much better for me um, so finding that balance of like what are my thoughts about uh, you know like trying to avoid bad things and like trying to avoid discomfort um, and then like finding the kind of the sweet spot of where it's going to be most beneficial to me and like what I need to sacrifice in the short term to like get what I want in the long term and live my life fully with the understanding that it is a balance of 50, 50, 50, 50% good, 50% kind of uncomfortable. I like that idea of like 50, 50, because I mean, truth be told, like, whether you're trying to like lose weight or just be healthier and more confident, or you're trying to make more money, uh, you, it, there has to be a level of discomfort because it's like, we're kind of like going through a growing pain, if you will, like this initiation phase as a, one of my coaches has told me before is like, you have to go through these things in order to get to that next level. Like you can't, continue to operate or think like this version of you if you want to get to this higher version of you. And that is going to be uncomfortable because it's not something that you're used to. And that doesn't have to be bad though, as you said. And there is definitely, I believe, I agree with you in that there's, you don't have to suffer and um, be in that kind of like uh, torturous pain, if you will, um, to get there. It's just going to be uncomfortable. And that doesn't have to be the same thing as like, torture or suffering as you said yeah and it's so funny because I think sometimes we get into this space where we're like trying to kind of resist feeling bad right and that actually makes it worse mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's so much more uncomfortable to like resist and push against it and be like no things shouldn't be there yeah. versus like oh okay like I'm just going with it and like yeah some things are going to be better than others and like some things are going to be more fun than others yeah I find that balance of life when you said that, I almost, I'm like, oh, this pops in my head. Um, 
as you know, like I'm very big into incorporating the spiritual aspect into wellness and nutrition. The first thing I thought was like, oh, there's definitely a balance of masculine energy and feminine energy. That masculine is go, go, go. And that's where we kind of get stuck because our society tells us that like in order to get things done or be successful or be anything in this world, you have to work really hard and maybe work yourself to the ground. And that can apply to anything. But in spiritual, like spirituality, there's that masculine and the feminine. And the feminine says, well, sometimes you have to pull back to receive and make room for the blessings and the miracles that you want to occur in your life. And if you're constantly at this go, go, go pace, then it's never going to happen. But on the opposite end, if you're too in your feminine and just like, oh, I don't want to do any of that work or it's too uncomfortable, then it's still not going to happen. So it's like it all is like said the same or in different ways, but it all results in the same thing. I love that. Um, How can you, I mean, everybody has limiting beliefs, but how can you tell or hone in and identify what they are for you? Uh, Not you per se, but like a listener listening. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, One of the things I love to do is use um, this framework. It's called the model. And basically like you write down, your thoughts. Um, uh, so you have a circumstance, which is basically anything that's like factual, right? It's like something that could be, everyone would agree on it in like a court of law. Mm-hmm. And so you can take that and you can write down your thoughts or you can just write down your thoughts even without thinking of a specific circumstance. Um, and then you can write down how you're feeling when you think those thoughts and then how you act when you're experiencing those emotions. And then the final piece is to look at the results they're creating for you. So all of this works really nicely together to kind of be like, how are my thoughts impacting me and what results are they creating in my life? And so if you kind of look at it backwards and you start with the results and you're like, okay, I have this result that I don't necessarily love, but like, why? Like, why is this happening in my life? And so for some of us, that might be our weight or health conditions, um, especially like the lifestyle things that are, um, you know, maybe a, a highly influenced by our choices, whether it be nutrition or, um, you know, our environment or how we manage stress or, um, you know, the, the other ways that we take care of ourselves. Um, so, it, you know, it might be a health thing. It might be any other result that you have in your life, whether it's like finances or your relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can just look at that and say like, okay, if I have this result that I'm not crazy about, like, what am I thinking that is like driving my actions and helping me create this? Um, mm-hmm. Because there's always going to be things in our control that is like helping us create the results we have in our lives. And when I say result, I mean anything like good or bad. Sometimes we think like, oh, if the result is like a positive thing, right? <laughs> if it's not a positive thing, then it's like, I didn't create that for myself. But like, even if you're looking at, okay, I'm a little overweight or I have debt, like that's a great one mm-hmm. to be outside of the realm of like health and wellness, but mm-hmm. it's all very relevant where it's like, I have debt. This is a result that I created for myself. Like, what was I thinking and how was I acting to create this result? And so you can sit and look at the beliefs that you have about, you know, be it your health and your wellness or anything else and really ask yourself, like, what's coming up for me? And like, is this allowing me to, do the things I want to do to show up in the way that I want to show up to create the results that I want to create. And if it's not, then it's like, okay, that's not a belief that's serving me. That is by definition, a limiting belief, right? It's not <laughs> allowing me to create the results that I want. So that's a great place to start to sit down and do some thinking and do some journaling and just look at um, what you're feeding through your beliefs. I love that. Um, there's a book by Marianne Williamson, um, and it's a play on um, A Course in Miracles called A Course in Weight Loss. Have you read it? I have not, but I have wanted to. I love her. I love her work. It, I, think. I honestly, like, I just kind of look through it when I'm like, all right, how can I relate, like, this back to, like, the work that I do with women? I've not, like, read it completely, but it's just something I have, like, on my Kindle app. Um, but she says, your body is a reflection of your subconscious mind. And when you tell that to people who are in a poor health state, that might sting a little bit like, 
oh, what? Like I created this for myself. And it's like, no, things aren't happening to you. Like everything in your life from, I mean, looking at the home that you live in or the friends that you have in your life, the situations you put yourself in, um, you could almost essentially think that those are your thoughts manifested and pertaining to health and wellness. Like we might have that limiting belief. Another one that I see a lot is that like, um, we're taught as women to hide our bodies. Um, if there was trauma that happened or abuse that happened to the body, like it might've been a way for us to protect ourselves by creating a lot of excess weight, um, like a shield almost. And that's what she says on there. And, um, I totally agree with you, what you said that, um, like we create the results and the things that we have in our lives. And sometimes that's just like a harsh reality. Um, and uh, can be a tough pill to swallow, but awareness is what creates change. And that's what eventually gets us to where we want to go. If we just kind of keep our blinders on to things, then um, that's going to get us nowhere. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It can be really, um, really challenging to accept like, oh, like I had some part in this. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's so freeing because it's like once you see that you were have control over it then it's like oh I am in control I can change versus just like oh my gosh things happen to me and I have no control and like this is just the way it is like that's so disempowering but when you're like no I created this so that means I can create something else that I Mm -hmm. want more for myself like that is I think such a huge shift and so empowering to know that like you're in charge yeah I totally agree there's all there. And again, this like plays into other like spiritual readings and things that I've seen, but what if like, I remember listening to, um, like an interview with Eckhart Tolle and Oprah. And he said, like, what if I told you like everything in your life you created, like everything, like even that person who stumbled on your like heart and trampled over everything or that really painful death that happened in your family. Like that was all part of this bigger plan. Like how could you zoom out of it and stop being so in it and kind of take that observation standpoint to realize like, Oh, like these are all moving pieces and it's all like coming from me. What boomerang or energy do I want to send out? So I get back in return. Yeah. And just to um, speak on that a little bit, it's like sometimes there are circumstances that are out of our control, right? Things happen to us, um, you know, like catastrophes, all disasters, like things like this where it's like, okay. Assaults and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I didn't bring this on myself. Like this was totally out of my control, but I get to choose how I want to react. Like that's where I am in control. That's where I take my power back. It's like, how do I want to think about this? How do I want to feel about it? How do I want to um, use it to move forward in my in my life? It's kind of like um, the difference between post traumatic stress and post traumatic growth, right? Where it's like one of these is just so um, traumatic in um, not really a, a helpful way, and one of them is like I'm using this trauma to grow and move forward and, and, um, you know, build something from it. Yes. I definitely wanted to put a disclaimer in there because the first thing that came to mind was like, well, what about people that are assaulted or, um, abused as children when they really don't have control over those things? Like I don't want people to listen to this and get that idea that we're talking about things that are in your control, not out of your control. And there, you can't control other people, unfortunately. Yeah, you can only control how you how you show up, so how you think, how you feel, how you choose to react and respond. Yeah. Um, but there's so much power in that. Like it, it really is. Like even if you're only changing, like okay, I just want to sh- shift my perspective and see this a little bit differently. Like even mm-hmm. if that's the only thing that changes and the situation is still the same, it's like you can change everything. Like it can change your entire experience. Yeah, um, which again, it's, just, it's so empowering when you realize that and then start to put it into practice. This is a, such a great topic. I'm like, oh, all these things like keep firing up in my brain. One more last thing before <laughs> we move on. Um, have you, there was this tale I saw, I don't know if you want to call it a tale or a little story I saw years and years ago. And it was 
um, two brothers and they were twins and one grew up to be a successful doctor and lived a life of luxury. And then the other one was an alcoholic. Um, and they asked them, what do you owe your success to? Like, why do you think you ended up this way? And he said, the doctor said, because my dad was an alcoholic, I didn't want that life. And then they asked the guy that was his brother, his twin, why did you think you ended up this way? He's like, because my dad was an alcoholic. And it's like both things like drove them to create that, but they took a different perspective on the same thing. Yeah, that's such a good, that's such a good example. Like way to just put it into like, you know, solid. It's like, one of them chose to think totally different about it like or they each did but and then they each went in like separate ways Mm -hmm. now okay so let's speak of like so now you have like I'm kind of going through this of a listener standpoint okay I know what a limiting belief is now I have xyz limiting belief how do I change that like you said that whole example of like reverse engineering like let's get into like affirmations because we always say like okay, I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise. But if you really don't believe that, that's not going to do you any good. Um, so maybe maybe just get into like what is ha- the key to making affirmations work and um, how you should actually make them um, work for you versus like just like going through the motions and saying random things. Yeah. So something I see a lot is, um, you know, with clients will be like, I'm going to try this affirmation or this mantra. And like you said, it's like, you can say the thing all day, every day, but like, if you don't really believe it, it's not going to do anything for you. And the reason is if we go back and we look at like, what's really happening when we have a thought is again, it creates an emotion for us, that emotion drives our action and that action fuels our results. So if you're thinking a thought, but it's not, it's not creating any sort of emotion for you that will help create the action that you want to be taking to create the result that you want to have. Like it's just going to be a thought that's there. And what can happen if, um, if you're using an affirmation that like you really don't believe is like consciously you're going to be like, um, we'll just use, a, use an example. Like if you're trying to go from like, Ooh, I really am like not very happy with the way my body looks. Like you're kind of in that space where, you know, you kind of cringe when you walk past the mirror and you're just mm-hmm. like, like, if you're in that space and you're like, okay, I want to work on loving my body more. And you just try to go to like, I love my body. Like every single day, like love my body. I love my body. I love my body. But you're not really believing it. Um, what's going to happen is every time you say that, like the little tiny voice, like, you know, mm-hmm. deep inside you, it's like, no, you don't. Like, eh, <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> and so like, consciously you're like yes I love my body and subconsciously like you're still mm-hmm. fighting against it and like kind of still cementing that belief that like no I really don't like it there's still things that I just don't like about it mm-hmm. um so that's why it's so important to make sure that you choose an affirmation or a mantra that like really is believable to you because that is how you're going to create that emotional uh, you know, frequency for yourself to help you actually create a change that you want to be creating, whether it's just feeling better, like, you know, like I love my body and I genuinely believe it. that's going to make me feel good versus like, I love my body and I don't genuinely believe it. Like that's not going to make me feel very good because subconsciously I'm just going to be like, no, I don't. And also like, let me, sh- let me find all the reasons why. And then you're just going to be like, why do I still feel like crap about this then? what do you think that if someone is in that state for it will go on with that example of um there they cringe every time they look in the mirror what do you what kind of mantra would you suggest they focus on that could potentially be a little bit more believable and not so because I feel like you're at that lowest vibration of I hate my body and then you're trying to get to I love my body what could be it's like I like my body when you say something like that yeah, so I would say choose a thought that is like totally neutral, right? You don't want to have any um, kind of like backlash to it. So uh, something that is totally neutral, totally believable, where you're not going to be like subconsciously arguing against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in this example, a really good thought would be like, I have a body. 
It's mm-hmm. like, of course I have a body. That's something that I can look at myself and say, like, I have a body. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. Like, you're not going to be like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a totally mutual thought. It's totally believable. And that's where you want to take your brain. And then once you're there and like, you can just look at your body and be like, have a body. Okay. That's what it is. Like, you know, that's totally neutral. It doesn't make me feel bad to think that like, it's just there. Um, then from that place, like once you get used to believing that, practicing, thinking that, then you can move on to like, you know, something more, you know, maybe it's like, then you just find one body part that you really like about yourself Mm. or, you know, one, one trait. You're like, I really love my eye color. Whatever it is. It's like, okay, now we're building on that. And so we're going, you know, we're, we're, slowly laying the groundwork of like being able to look and appreciate things about ourselves uh, versus like just making too big of a leap and then it backfiring. Yeah, I love that. I feel like a lot of the clients that I work with or just like women in general that I speak with, whether friends, family, etc. um this topic will come up of like affirmations and manifestation. And I'm like, you have to believe it a little bit because if you're throwing like stuff to the wall and hoping it sticks, then it's not going to work. Like, Oh, I'm a millionaire and you haven't even hit and and makes it difficult for you to believe that you could make six figures. What makes you believe that like um, that affirmation is going to set well with you. So I like the idea of like specifically related to the body is like, we all have traits that we really like about ourselves. And like, those are really easy to run with, like, and they could be totally, um, not related to our weight or our body shape. And it could just be like, I have, my eyebrows are looking great today. Um, or, and then you just constantly kind of focus on that throughout the day. And then that gives you that good energy when you're looking at your body. And it's like a one little breadcrumb that will lead, um, to that bigger picture of one day looking in the mirror and be like, I love my body. Yeah, that's so good. And I think too, um, focusing on like not even physical things but just like what what my body does for me like my body allows me to lift really heavy stuff or uh you know like keep up with my kids or my dog or um like (laughs) I get to do all this fun stuff because I have a body and it's like a vessel for me to experience life in a really cool way um like I love thinking about it like that where it's not even about anything physical it's just like here's what I can do with my body that like has nothing to do with my appearance yeah the um, I there was this there's another documentary I saw on Netflix and um I forget she was like a bodybuilder and um got into like the fitness competitions that everyone kind of goes crazy in with their food especially um and she mentioned that like so often women are taught to believe that our bodies are an ornament and there are these like beautiful things that we have to decorate a certain way and like we have to go into the gym to make it look this way, a flat stomach. And she's like, but our body is actually a vehicle. It's a vessel for us to do life in. And when we go from the standpoint, be it our weight and trying to eat a certain way. So we drop the weight. Like those are just such shallow actions from shallow belief systems or non-serving, we should say. Um, And that's why we never end up feeling good, even when we do lose the weight or whatever it is, because it all came from this kind of like self-hatred rather than self-love. Yes. I love, I love that point of like self-love. It's like, again, just to go back and look at like what, you know, what thoughts are driving me. It's like, is it out of love? Is it out of like being kind and compassionate to yourself? Um, Like really get clear on like, what is my motivation here? Um, because <laughs> if you're just trying to change yourself, just because you don't like yourself, like it's a, it's gonna, it's not gonna work very well. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna be able to maintain it, and b, it's just gonna be miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not what we want. Um, what do you speaking of like self love? What do you, what is self love to you? Like if you could like put it in a few sentences, like, or how you even show yourself self-love, like give examples or things. Cause I like to hear other people's definition of it. Yeah. For me, it's really, um, self-compassion. It's acknowledging where I'm at. And, you know, there's some days where I, I just 
wish things were a little bit different. And it's like, okay, you can, you can hold space for maybe not being thrilled with where you're at. Um, but still practice compassion in the fact of like, I am here learning and here growing. Um, this is like, it's just a stage in my life. Like, how can I really treat myself well and not beat myself up and not get impatient with where I am and, um, you know, not, not be mean to myself, basically. So often I think we play like the blame game. We go back in our past and we say like, I should have done this better. I should have, you know, I should have known better. I should have um, responded differently or whatever. So um, um, speaking of like mantras and affirmations, one that I've really been working on recently um, that holds true for me is like, everyone's always just doing the best that they can. Oh, yeah. That includes me, right? <laughs> so like, anytime you look at, you know, anything going on in your current life or in, your, in the past for you, it's kind of like, I'm always just doing the best that I can. I made that choice for myself because it was the best choice for me in that moment with what I knew, with what I had available. Um, I'm always just doing the best that I can. And when you can show yourself that compassion, mm-hmm. right, you can show other people that compassion too. And that just makes it so much easier. Like it's, it's the best of both worlds. Like you want to show yourself compassion. You want to show other people compassion. And then you're just more compassionate all around, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which makes it so much easier to go through life. If you're just like more forgiving, more accepting, um, more patient. Yeah. It's just a better experience in my experience. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I really believe that like sometimes we get self-care mixed up with self-love and self-care leads to self-love. I hope that people do those things out of like self-love, like whether it's getting your nails done instead of like painting them at home because you believe you're worth that $50 manicure. Um, not because you think that your hands are ugly or whatever belief that is kind of, that could be backfiring. Um, but I also believe that like self-love has a lot to do with boundaries. And that's like something that I've really, really like honed in on personally in my journey. And just like, I've noticed it so much with the women that I've worked with and that like, it can be really hard to like kind of put that healthy barrier or boundary up from other people trying to tell us what to do or what we should do with our lives, what we should put on our plate, how we should act, what we should dress like, um, what we should believe in. And um, especially as an adult, when we have to have like those kind of awkward conversations, like, Hey, like actually you don't get to comment what's on my plate or tell me that it looks like I've gained or lost weight or express that you're worried about, et cetera, when really I'm doing great. Um, that can be really, really, especially difficult, um, for someone who's always felt powerless in their body or who is just now claiming their body and maybe they're in their mid thirties. And this is the point in which they kind of set that boundary, if you will. So, um, yeah, just my perspective, an extension of yours, I really think. <laughs> yes, well, I love that you brought that up because boundaries are so important. And yeah. um, something I see a lot with my clients is um, kind of this idea of wanting to people please, right? And I think yeah. that's where we get out of our boundaries is like, we're just trying to make everyone else happy. Um, and it kind of comes at the expense of ourselves. Yep. Um, you know, yep. whether it is, well, my mom made this food and she really wants me to eat it because oh gosh, I'm visiting yes. home and like that's how she shows love and it's going to be like so offensive to her if I don't eat it. Yeah. So I have to eat it to make her happy. Like that's such a, it's a sneaky form of people pleasing when we're like, no, like I just, I got to do the thing to make them happy. Or it's like, maybe I'm not saying exactly what's on my mind and not like standing up for myself again because I don't want to like hurt anyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it all ties in so nicely together because it's like once you realize that you're the one responsible for your thoughts and feelings and other people are the ones, respons- the ones responsible for their own thoughts and feelings and like you can't cause someone to feel something, they feel that way because of their thoughts, right? And it has nothing to do with you. And so it's like that is such a beautiful way to start to set boundaries. It's like I'm taking responsibility for myself you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that's all I can do. And it's not on me to do that for other people. Um, and so 
once we can understand and, and kind of get into that mindset, it's so freeing. It's like, oh, now I'm just responsible for me mm-hmm. and I can set my boundaries and I can, you know, I can let people know that like <laughs> I'm doing these things to take care of myself. And I do really think that that is one of the greatest forms of self-care, like beyond, you know, going to the spa or getting your nails done yeah. or anything like that really is like setting those boundaries and really taking responsibility for your own mental, physical, and emotional wellness. Yeah. And I think too, that like, we almost, um, kind of make it worse in our head. Like, oh my gosh, this person's going to be so mad at me. if I say no to eating that dish that I actually really don't want because it has dairy in it. And I know dairy doesn't make me feel good. Um, it's, uh, it reminds me of like this quote I saw. Um, and I think I shared it on my social media and basically it, alluded to the fact that the only people that are going to feel threatened or upset or don't want to have anything to do with you when you set boundaries are the ones who are thriving and benefiting from you not having them. And like your mom or dad truly wants you to be powerful. And sometimes like we have to teach people how to treat us. And again, that like person that like you said, like they can't make us feel anything. They're simply just like the trigger or the messenger of that thing kind of boomeranging it back to us. So it goes very well, like you said, with um, the limiting beliefs, because it's like, sometimes like we do this a lot as women where we see someone and maybe we did it more so like 10 years ago when we weren't really like more conscious as we are now. And especially like when we're younger, like as teenagers or in college, where we like feel threatened by like that girl that like has all the guys like wooing over her. And we're like, Oh, she's a slut or she's this, or, um, yeah, if I was that pretty. I guess I would get through life that easy. And like, kind of like just those backhanded comments that we say about other women, But I think like anytime those like kind of thoughts pop into my head, like, or if I'm jealous or of something or someone else, I think, well, why, why am I so threatened by this person? She's just the messenger or the trigger for me to understand something way deeper. Like there's a whole other healing experience. If it bothers me that much that that person does that, like, what is this saying about me rather than her? Yes. I love the way you just said that because it really is like anytime we're feeling triggered it's like okay what what's the deeper thing going on here because that really is all it's ever about it's never about the other person um there's what I don't remember the exact quote but it's something along the lines of you know like other people are just mirrors for us like Mm -hmm. anytime we feel triggered anytime we see something that we don't like about other people usually it's like something we don't like about ourselves and or you know feel a little insecure about so that's that's such a, a beautiful way to explain that like our work really does come from those relationships and like using maybe using is not I don't want to be like I'm using you but yeah. you know like seizing the opportunity to like explore our own self-growth through relationships and connections that we have with others yeah totally um so what are some like things that you would suggest like maybe this is the first time someone's um been exposed to this concept of limiting beliefs or just like really wants to like take a crack at like rewiring their mental behavior or subconscious belief systems, um, what would be like some exercises or resources that you would point to, um, or point, send someone to? (laughs) So definitely I recommend, um, journaling as a really great exercise and you can sit down and you can just do kind of like a brain dump of whatever is on your mind for the day. If there are things like bothering you, um, a really fun thing to do is like, especially around your health and wellness or any other area where you're feeling a little stuck, but it's to sit down and actually journal, like, what are my thoughts on this? Like just, again, it's kind of like a brain dump, but you can focus on that one topic, but just anything that's coming up. Um, you know, so like it could be different every single day that you do it. We have, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it, like 60,000 thoughts a day? And like, you know, sometimes they're conflicting, sometimes they don't make sense, sometimes we have like, um, you know, our, like our thoughts are just all over the place. So it's really helpful to sit down and write it all out and just like see what's coming up for you. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually look 
and kind of pick out the ones that are, you know, maybe standing out most to you, maybe like most emotionally charged for you and really ask yourself, like, how is this making me feel when I think this thought, like, what is this, um, you know, doing to how I show up? Um, what is it doing to the, the results that I'm creating in my life um, and the actions that I'm taking? And then once you do that, like that, that in itself is just a perfect way to start building awareness. But if you want to then start to kind of like be a little bit more intentional and, and kind of shift away from, you know, just like the random thoughts that you're having into more intentional, purposeful thoughts, then you can sit down and really ask yourself, like, how do I want to think about this? Like, um, you know, what are the more intentional and purposeful thoughts that I want to have that are going to drive the actions that I want to be taking? And again, just journaling about that and really asking yourself, like, if I were going to have like um, a day, we'll say, where I want to I want to show up in a certain way, or I want to take certain actions, like what do I need to be thinking? What do I need to be believing about myself? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe it's like, I want to, I want to go to this event and I want to feel really good about my nutrition and my, my choices there. And, you know, the, the social interactions that I have with people. And so maybe before the event, you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down. And I'm just going to ask myself, like, how do I want to be thinking? How do I want to be feeling? Um, and just, I, my coach calls it a belief plan. And I, this mm-hmm. is something I do every morning where it's like, sit down and you write your belief plan for the day. How do you want to show up? How do you want to think? How do you want to feel? Um, and I love that exercise because I think it's just so purposeful. So those are my top two that I recommend. Those are awesome. I, I like that. Um, two things popped in my head is that if you're an, like to build on this, is like if you're an avid journaler, um, go back and read what you've written in the past. Like if you're like, I don't really know, like, like, I just know that I don't want to date these type of men or like I want a better support system or I feel this way, but I'm trying to do this other uh, form of thinking, but it's just not working. That's like helped me a lot. Like I recently was like, what am I like thinking? Like, why is this like not working for me? And I had like felt really stuck in my business. And I went back and I just like looked at old entries and basically like, and I said it a million times in like my writing and I was like, it doesn't matter. I don't matter. This is stupid. Why am I even doing this? And I'm like, well, duh, it's right there. Like I wrote it down so many times, but at the same point I was like, oh, I don't have no idea what's going on. And it's like, no, actually you do. Like, and you say it a lot more, like even paying attention to like what you're saying to other people. Like just the other day I heard someone say like, um, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Or things are just harder for me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, why did you just affirm that? Like, that is horrible. Like that's just going to be the rest of your life as long as you continue. So, um, that's great. And then another thing you said too, which was like, how do you want to feel like when you're showing up in these things? Like, it's almost like, all right, this empowered, beautiful, confident woman, we'll call it the Beyonce version of you. She is going to be so busy uh, kicking ass that she's going to have zero time to be worrying about if her cellulite is showing or if that boy didn't text her back because she's going to be making her dreams come true and she's going to have other things to focus on because she's um, living a life that she's proud of, that she feels empowered in, and those little things will fall to the wayside. So what is she thinking? she's thinking about how she's going to make her next move or how she's going to approach that company that she really wants to work for, how she's going to quit her job so she can follow her dreams. She's not thinking about like, Oh my God, how many calories are in this piece of toast that I'm eating or, um, you know, so like, I love that you said that because it like, again, it's like that higher version of you. Like what is she or he doing? Yes. I love that you brought that up. Um, it's, it's like, future self it's and like you can actually sit down and like write out like what is my future self doing like seriously if I think about myself like five years from now or even like six months from now like how do I want to be as like you said as like the higher version of myself like what goals am I working towards like what uh what is important to me um (laughs) like what you know all these things it's like what what experience am I having in my day today? And like, then really ask yourself like now, okay, well, if I was making decisions for myself like today, but as my future self, like how would that change the decisions that I'm making and how I'm showing up? Because it's like, 
that's how we get to be our future self, right? We have to act that way and think that way and feel that way. And I, I really think that's an important point to make, especially when it comes to changing our health and wellness, because sometimes what happens is we just go through the motions, right? Of like changing our nutrition or changing our exercise or working on better sleep, but we're not really focused on changing who we are and like how we're being. And so if you go through the motions, after a certain amount of time, it's like, okay, like maybe you'll, by default, your thoughts will change, but maybe mm-hmm. they won't. And that's so often what I see with people who are yo-yo dieting, right? Is they never change their thoughts, mm-hmm. never change the, like who they really are. And so when they're just done with the diet, then it's like everything goes back to kind of how it was before. And that's how people regain the weight or, you know, continue to have problems with their health. It's like, they didn't really change from the core level. And so when you're, when you're going through this process, kind of like if you can look at how you want to be at, like from a deep full level in your day to day, like as the future version of yourself, as the highest version of yourself, and then like really start to embody that, like that's really how the change happens. Yes. I, that example that you gave of like, um, pretty much like how we diet and we change just like the surface level things. I'm um, a perfect example of that. Um, uh, when I was a teenager from age 13 to 23, I yo-yo dieted. And I remember looking in the mirror at 23, lo- having lost 85 pounds. And I'm like, I still feel just as unconfident and sad and like unhappy in my body as I did when I was 85 pounds heavier. I'm like, something is like not correct. Like that's not like what we believe. And then that's how I am kind of embarked on like a spiritual journey. So like that is absolutely true, like to the core. That's such a good story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any last uh, little like tidbits of information or anything else that you'd like to share before um, we end today's um, episode? Um, I think I just want to go back and reiterate kind of the, the self-love, you know, be patient with yourself. You're doing the best you can. If you can really start to believe that and like really give yourself that space and that compassion as you work on changing your life, like that really is going to be the difference. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much um, for coming on today. Um, I'd love to uh, direct listeners to um, your social media or your website. So could you give us those stuff? I'll definitely link them down in the show notes, but um, where, what is your Instagram handle and what is your website? Yeah, my Instagram is just at Nikki Ring. So it's M-I-C-K-I, like Mickey Mouse, but spelled differently. <laughs> and then um, ring, like a ring you would wear on your finger. So, um, And then my website's just the same. It's MickeyRing.com. Perfect. That's simple. Well, thank you so much again. Um, and for listeners, if you have any questions, like I said, I will link all of Mickey's information into the show notes. Um, and if you have any questions about today's episode, feel free to shoot me an email at eclecticwellnesssd at gmail.com. Um, and until next time, sending you so much love and light. Bye-bye.